Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, mercifully receive the prayers of your people who call upon you, and grant that they may know and understand what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to accomplish them, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. A reading from Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people of Israel, The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all your undertakings, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your soil. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, just as he delighted in prospering your ancestors when you obey the Lord your God by observing his commandments and decrees that are written in this book of the law, because you turned the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Surely this is this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. The word of the Lord. A reading from Colossians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you, just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, 
who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Our Gospel today is a pretty familiar one to many of us which can lead a person to wonder, what new is there to say about the parable of the Good Samaritan? Well, in response, I'll offer two ideas for us to chew on. First, nowhere in this reading is the Samaritan referred to as good. Biblical editors are the ones who have given us this label. I'd like to challenge it and instead retitle this parable as the intentionally perceptive Samaritan. It rolls right off the tongue. Great name for a hospital. And second, when paired with our reading from Deuteronomy, I think our parable can be heard as a story of hope rather than being the guilt trip it risks taking us on. It turns out that we all have the capacity to be as good as the Samaritan if we are intentionally perceptive. So let me explain my retitling campaign. 
Jesus tells a story about a man so badly beaten, he's nearly dead. And he describes the actions of three passers-by. Two men of religious standing in the Jewish tradition, and one Samaritan, who may or may not also have religious standing in his own tradition, but we aren't told. All three of them see the beaten man. The first two, however, cross the road before they can get too close and pass by the man with some distance between them. There are debates, even among Jewish scholars, as to why they move away. Some suggest it's because their doctrine forbids them being near the dying or the dead, or else they risk losing their ability, at least temporarily, to practice their profession. Others dispute whether this is the case. But I think the specific reason why they move away is irrelevant, because whether the reason is religious or personal, it all boils down to wanting to avoid an inconvenience. Now, it's a major inconvenience, to be sure, but the stakes here are high. A person's life is in the balance. The priest and the Levite are placing their own interests and convenience above the life of another person. When Jesus describes the behavior of the Samaritan, however, the language changes a bit, and I think it's noteworthy. The Samaritan comes near the man, and then he sees, truly sees, the full extent of this man's suffering. And he is filled with compassion that he acts upon. The two men of religion make a concerted effort not to look too closely, to stay at a distance, to avoid seeing anything that might stir their sense of compassion and cause them to enter into a world of risk. In contrast, the Samaritan moves with intention to be near the suffering man, to fully perceive the situation. He is intentionally perceptive. His help-giving response seems to be just a natural consequence to feeling the compassion that follows. Being intentional about seeing others and perceiving their need means we move into a very vulnerable space. We open ourselves up to compassion, which compels us to act. And often that action is at best inconvenient and at worst risky. The Samaritan risks lingering on the road when robbers are clearly on the prowl. Or perhaps he too risks religious sanctions or even social repercussions. Too often, those who desperately need help are blamed for their circumstances, and even the people who aid them can be met with hostility. I find it interesting that the lawyer asks Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus really answers with how to be a neighbor. I wonder if his command to the lawyer to go and do likewise is not just about providing care to others, but equally about intentionally drawing near to those in need, to being willing to see those who are suffering, visibly or invisibly. As Brene Brown says, and it's a quote I've used before, people are hard to hate close up. Move in. 
I'd add that people are also hard to ignore close up. So move in and see. The man's suffering in our parable is visible and obvious. And much suffering in our world today is the same. But there are plenty of people who are in need or who suffer without visible wounds. So let's expand our definition of perception beyond looking to also listening. When we engage with others, spend time with them, and hear about the complexity of their own lives, it can be eye-opening. And how many times have we seen Jesus himself demonstrate the power of coming near, of moving in, particularly with those that others are passing by, ignoring, or deliberately rejecting? He goes up to the woman at the well, an outcast, and starts a conversation. He comes near to Zacchaeus, practitioner of a despised profession, and invites himself to dinner for prolonged interaction. He approaches the chronically sick man, one of many at the healing pool, to ask if he wants to be healed. He moves in to heal those with leprosy and even raise those who are already dead. His first act is nearly always to get closer and see more clearly, to learn more and build relationships. You may worry that I'm being a little dismissive of the significant acts of care our Samaritan offers the beaten man, but I'm actually not being dismissive, but trusting. And that's based on our Old Testament reading. See, it's easy to hear this parable and think, that to be like the Samaritan is a righteous but lofty goal, one reserved for the saintliest among us. We can think that we mere mortals don't have it in us to be as giving of ourselves. But in Deuteronomy, Moses tells the people, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. Moses is commanding his followers to turn to God with all their hearts and all their souls, echoing the first part of the great commandment that our lawyer recites to Jesus. Loving our neighbor as ourselves is the second part of that commandment, an action equal to loving God. We are assured by Moses in our Old Testament reading that by having the word of God within us, by having the built-in resources to love God with our heart and our soul. We also naturally have this capacity to act in love toward our neighbor. It is written in our hearts, and not ours alone, but everyone's. One aspect of our parable that I think can get overlooked is that while the Samaritan certainly gives of himself to help the beaten man, in the end, He doesn't do it alone. He enlists the help of another, an innkeeper, and likely the innkeeper's wife or daughters, for the long-term care that is required for the beaten man, care that the Samaritan, for one reason or another, is unable to provide himself. Yes, the innkeeper is compensated for his out-of-pocket costs, but he is still willing to assume the care of someone who might require a great deal of time and attention. And the innkeeper has to trust that the Samaritan will return to make good on his promise to reimburse any additional costs. 
So I think we need to also consider the innkeeper as part of the neighborly network in this story and acknowledge that being a good Samaritan doesn't mean you go it alone. In fact, trying to help others alone is not only inefficient, but a great way to quickly feel like being a force for good in the world is futile. Instead, once we have drawn near to recognize need, it's important to find ways to facilitate others to also see that need and to enlist them in in joining us to assist them. Our compassion is there, ready to be tapped. It is in our mouths and in our hearts. We just need to prompt it. The trick is to follow Jesus' lead and know others in the same way that Jesus comes near and knows us. We just need to move in and see. After that, our hearts and the hearts of those in our community will tell us what to do next. Amen. Let us stand and reaffirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, the eternally God and Father, God from God, Remembering especially Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Brian, our bishop, Johnny, our rector, Chris, our deacon, grant almighty God that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours. Grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, 
remembering Sister, Becky, Bill, Margaret, Alan and Lisa, Mariana, Martha, Sam, Elizabeth, Rick, Alex, George, Jay, John, Kimberly, Kim, Mark, Kelly, Thomas, Deanna, Jackson, Tony, Jonathan, Braden, Heather, Van, Patricia, Carly, Lisa, Gary, Jean, Kim, Don and Diane, Matt, Ray, Richard, Sherry, Fred, Caitlin, Selena. Food pantry guests and their families, comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Sylvia Moran, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that in that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, and God, worthy of thee, by what we have done, and not what we have left undone. We have not left you nor our Lord. We have not left our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry for doing unrepentant. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. Please show one another signs of peace. Well, welcome. Um, it's good to be with you today and to be back. Uh, thank you for letting me get out of town and go visit Indianapolis for a conference, continuing education conference. Um, I attended the Ecclesia Project, which is a long-standing conference each year, um, gathering of friends and folks who uh, listen to some lectures and have some workshops and discussions around topics affecting the church. Um, and so I, uh, it was, it's an ecumenical gathering, so everything from Mennonite and uh, this lovely community called the Bruderhof community, which is kind of a Mennonite uh, intentional community, all the way to uh, your yours truly Episcopalian and Roman Catholics. Um, and so it's a very uh, ecumenical and loving community. So I'm glad to have been able to go. Um, <clears throat> as far as announcements go, first, I want to just say thank you to our altar guild and folks who set things up in here. Um, we have a wonderful committed altar guild and they make this space uh, ready for us each week. So thank you, Alter Guild. Um, thank you also to Sarah for getting the, the flowers uh, figured out each week. I really appreciate this, your service here. Um, and uh, also I'm very grateful for the uh, rotation of skilled and able preachers that we have. Um, we are fortunate in this congregation 
uh, I should say you are fortunate in this congregation to have more than just me preaching um, and people who have been trained and are skilled and gifted in that in that arena. So thank you, Allison, and very grateful for those people who are gifted that way. Um, I want to draw your attention to our announcements on page 14 and 15. There's a lot going on and there's even more going on. So uh, um, this week, our, our business of the week, our local downtown business of the week is Sleepy Jean Candle Shop. So if you want to pop in and say, hey, St. Paul's wants to support you and say, we're glad we're here. You are here in Kingsport, um, uh, making our town a little more unique and better. Uh, we'd appreciate that. And um, uh, Sleepy Jean Candle Shop there is on Sullivan Street. Um, the uh, we will be gathering. Uh, so the baseball game on the nineteenth is still happening. So long as the weather holds off for us uh, that week, um, uh, that is a full group. There's thirty five tickets that I've purchased, um, and they are all taken. However, it is I just had to do that in advance. There is, it's, it's a general admission ticket. And so if you want to join our group, just show up. And so long as there's space at the game, um, and we haven't eaten all the hot dogs and chips and sodas, then there will be plenty of space for you to go. But if you have reserved a spot, if you've spoken to me about joining us at the game or, or filled out the form online, um, just show up and, and you'll have a ticket available for you at will call. Um, so that will be that will be there on the nineteenth at seven. So following our Tuesday uh, evening healing service, um, the day school starts on August first, which just seems wild that we'll be done with summer on August first. But August first it is, and um, and a few years back, my first year here, we we got together a few folks and showed up on the first day of school and welcomed the new students to the day school, welcomed the students to the new year. We wore t-shirts that says St. Paul's loves the day school and those kinds of things. If you have one of those t-shirts and would like to join us, please do. If you don't have one of those t-shirts and would like to join us, come see me. I think we're going to try to get some made um, so that folks can do, so that we can do that. Uh, maybe have a group of 10 or 12 St. Paul's folks or more if, the, if they're that, there are that many that want to show up. Um, to show up, uh, uh, the kids start showing up really for the school day around 8.30. Um, so if you show up uh, on the first day of school on August 1st to just welcome uh, the families and the kids who will be starting at St. Paul's Day School, that would be much appreciated. I know they loved that a couple years back. So um, uh, please join us for that and let me know or let John Bellamy know or Deacon Chris know and we'll get um, we'll get you hooked up with, with a shirt if we have enough notice ahead of time. Um, also printed in the bulletin is um, this thing that says Jameson Farewell. That's a misprint. That is the Jameson tie them to a chair in the parish hall and not let them leave. Uh, so um, uh, July 31st, we're going to be having a gathering. We'll have a sending liturgy here in the service. Um, they will be moving to Nashville, um, and we are deeply saddened by that. But uh, know that that is what's best for them and want to show our gratitude for their membership in this community and all that they've given to us. Um, there's a sign-up form in the narthex on the altar with uh, for EYG lunches. Um, there are some folks who have signed up for that. Thank you. Um, there's more space available. Please help us out to feed our youth group here on Sundays uh, as they meet during the summer. And then lastly, as you heard in the prayers of the people, um, Sylvia Morin passed away this past week, and I, I, I sent an email out letting you all know um, her service is um, this Wednesday at 2 p.m. Um, so this coming Wednesday at 2 p.m., there's a service of burial here at the church, and she will be committed here in the, um, uh, in the memorial garden. 
Um, so again, Wednesday at 2 p.m. I'll send a note out uh, uh, reminding you, an email reminding you all of that as well. Um, but please, uh, as you're able, join us for that service of prayer and worship to give thanks for Sylvia's life and commend her to the loving arms of God. Um, my daughter walked in the service this morning with a whistle around her neck, so I knew this was going to be an interesting service. <laughs> so, any other announcements for the good of the group? Yes, thank you. Are there any birthdays or anniversaries to bless and celebrate this week? It's not your birthday. I know when your birthday is. Really? Okay. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and call upon his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures from age to age. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. For you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and to die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. But now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Gifts of God for the People of God Turning to your post-communion prayer, let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may God, the Holy Trinity, make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side, and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.